Hello and welcome back to the Performance Mindset podcast series. This is chapter 4 entitled Reflection or The Genesis of Strategy. Okay, welcome back to the Performance Mindset Symposiums. Tonight we have um, a really interesting discussion on the skill of reflection. Our fourth chapter in the 12 chapter modules is the skill of reflection as it relates to performance and athletics. We've got our panel together once again. So we've got Carter, Haley, and Karenveer here to answer some questions. My job will be to moderate the conversation, uh, throw the questions around a little bit, and uh, like the listeners, try to make sense of what they're telling us and synthesize it into our own perspective. So without further ado, I'd like to break in um, with some interesting questions around the, the topic of reflection. We will start with uh, Coach Karenbeer, if that's possible. Karenbeer, I'd love you to speak a little bit to the, the main reason why reflection is such a critical component in athletics. Uh, maybe I think there's, there's sort of obvious um, conclusions here, and you can kind of start with that. There's sort of like, well, for sure, reflection is important because looking to the past is, is, is relevant to future performance. Uh, but if you could dive in a little bit deeper into that and explain to us why in your experience around so many great athletes for so many years here, how you find that to be a distinguishing feature of top athletes and, and in what, what way is it a distinguishing feature? Sure. Um, I think uh, the conversation around athletics for, for me begins with the fact that it, it is an endeavor that is very dynamic, very chaotic, and complex, I guess we could say. Uh, so no two shots are the same, no two performances are the same. It's always evolving, uh, and athletes are always adapting to, to what they're being exposed to in the environment. Um, and that's why I think reflection um, is, is so vital, because the environment and the, the situations that we're exposed to are almost the best teacher. Uh, and as a coach, a lot of times what we're trying to do is not so much script or, um, you know, shove information in, in front of the, the athletes, but it's almost like cultivating this, this environment for um, uh, cultivating this uh, experience for the athlete where they can um, have to perceive and act upon different cues and, 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 perform based on what they're perceiving there. So reflection to me is, is the cornerstone of, of kind of being able to adapt and evolve based on the environment that we face. Uh, sort of like uh, because, because things have happened in the past, we can better predict the future, although it's chaotic, but we have a better odds perhaps uh, when we conduct reflection. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Carter, you've got a ton of experience here, and I know you've spoken at length about uh, journaling in our uh, in our previous conversations. And I thought you made some really compelling cases for, you know, the the relevance of it. And it's sort of as as you listen, you're kind of sort of like, oh, that's that's so obvious. Like, so that's I guess the true essence of wisdom in a sense, you know. Um, but anyway, so as we move that into reflection, you are someone who encourages athletes to practice it and develop the skill of it. Why? Uh, two, two, I guess, main reasons. Um, I think one, it can really help reinforce, um, the, the work and the energy that's being put towards the, the pursuit. Um, you know, it kind of seems implied and this happens all the time, you know, especially for elite athletes who are training five, six days a week. 
um, we know we're working hard. We know we're putting the energy in. We can sit down at the end of the day and like kind of see that we've put in the, the energy and we can kind of feel good in that moment. But it's weeks um, among weeks and weeks and weeks. And then all of a sudden, all of this work and energy turns into kind of like this wishwash of, of mush um, almost. And we know we've worked hard, but then it can kind of become like, what did I work on? And what were some of the key things from like three weeks ago that I, that I remember I had this breakthrough. So um, it helps reinforce like the, the good energy and the work that you've put into it. And then kind of complementing that it starts to, it allows um, uh, better management of, of our narrative um, and our self dialogue. So as we're, as we're kind of just transcribing and um, looking back on past experiences and, and just creating some clarity to what those experiences were for us, uh, the perception of those experiences, um, as we generally uh, write them out, uh, we're better able to have clarity to what that experience was. And uh, neurologically, we almost like naturally will start to uh, identify productive and counterproductive narratives uh, without like really putting any energy into it as we just kind of see counterproductive things will be less likely to engage with those. We'll be like, oh, that was interesting. But then again, reinforcing those, those really good things that we experienced. Um, and then it's there and you can always kind of come back to it three weeks down the road, a month down the road, six months, 12 months, whatever it may be. Um, as we've, as we've kind of put that pen to paper and, um, throughout the, the process of development. It fair, like the second point I understand well, the management of narrative and the idea of like, we're telling stories and reflection helps us to manage story um, and understand whether we're congruent with our desired story. And reflection helps us to kind of match that up a little bit so we can look back at what we did and, and continue on the story that we'd like to tell through reflection. Your first point is interesting. Is it, is it are you sort of saying that if we train for the high volume of hours with non-reflection, it would be a lot like spinning tires versus training for long hours with reflection helps us to organize and make sense of the long hours. Uh, reflection becoming sort of the key management tool to kind of make sense and draw out the learnings that are going to be productive for future evolution. Is that, is that fair to say, Carl? Yeah. Yeah. That would be more or less exactly it. Uh, certainly a, a little bit of self-management in there. Yeah. Um, for sure. The, the spinning of the tires, you know, we kind of, I think uh, I just got a, an image in my mind, as you said that, and I kind of think about taking like a long road trip. Mm -hmm. um, it can kind of just go from A to B and you're there in five, 10, whatever hours. And it just kind of goes by. And, you know, we don't really remember the the cool car we saw here or the really beautiful landscape we saw here. And, um, but if we take that opportunity and reflect and on that journey, um, you know, well, those things will be reinforced a little better. And we, hey, that was a really cool drive. That was a beautiful drive. I would love to do that again, perhaps, or whatever, rather than, oh man, that was a long drive type idea. Haley, you've spent a, a fair bit of energy in the space of memories. Uh, and, and certainly reflection could be, you could argue anyway, reflection is, is a study of memory. Um, could, could you help us understand a little bit how the memory and maybe the management of memory can tie into the art of reflection or the skill of reflection? Yeah, so memories are super subjective. Um, so definitely how we remember a situation. Um, if, you know, if we're with a team of athletes, like say for on a soccer team, for example, we all may be playing the same game, um, but our perspective and the way we remember certain things are going to be completely different. 
even though we all know that we scored one goal and, you know, I contributed this to the same goal, um, all the memories are going to be subjectively different. Um, but I also think too, when it comes to memories, we, we tend to highlight the really, really good ones. And then the really, really bad ones. And then there's kind of this gray area of fluff that either gets forgotten about, or it's deemed as not as important as the really, really good ones or the really, really bad ones. So I think that can really impact our level of reflection, um, solely looking at the good versus the bad. Um, and a lot of times this memory can be skewed because of that as well. It's almost unreliable at times um, where our brain will try to fill in those gaps of those missed memories of a certain situation. Um, and this is why self-reflection is so heavily coached to be done ASAP as soon as a competition is done or right before or right before you go to bed, before you lose, um, before you lose those tangible memories and remember those step-by-step processes that happen and those thoughts, feelings, and emotions. If we wait till the next day, the next week, the next month, the memories start to become a little skewed. We start to forget those little nitty gritty um, actionable things that occurred. On the good and the bad piece, are you, uh, is that a bad thing that we re- only remember the good or the bad or is that just a neurological thing? It's just a matter of we are going to remember the extremes. We're not going to remember the middle ground. We're going to evolve because of those extremes. The bad ones are going to, we're going to stay away from the good ones we're going to drive towards. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I definitely think it's something that's more, um, I think it's, you know, we always gravitate towards things that are going to propel us forward or things that are holding us back. We definitely tend to focus more so on the negative um, a lot of the times or focus on the positive is something that we did really well. But I think I could almost make the argument that we do tend to learn a lot more from the negative and then those negative thoughts, feelings thoughts and feelings are those really stay heavily with us opposed to the thoughts and feelings from the really, really good. So if, if in the art of reflection and Carter, maybe you can help me with this one a little bit as well, but if in the art of reflection, we have to deal with the negatives, is it essentially then a purging of the negatives? Let's take what we can out of them and then push them away um, and then move forward from that. Or or are we, or should we uh, be more strategic in our reflections and, and focus intensely on the positives? What's your opinion anyway on that Carter? Not that there's a right answer. So, yeah, I think uh, in in reflection, it's important to get out whatever is is in there, like just just always kind of dumping out the good, the bad, the ugly and um, and kind of seeing what that looks like. And as you do that, you can create more clarity um, to what that experience was for you. And like I mentioned previously, like there is this almost automatic once it's kind of out, there's a much better uh, ability to sort through that information compared to when it kind of stays in our in our mind like Haley was saying where it kind of gets skewed um so once once it's out it it's a little bit more clear um so i think it's really important to kind of go through it all um for sure so like a, a memories unvetted like if, if we pass the stage of reflection let's say two days has passed and now we can't reflect so well is that largely what we're saying there is that there's a linear narrative of what happened which is dissolving with the passage of time we're, we're less clear on what happened the further away from the hundred percent. Yeah. So we yeah. are, we, we need to capitalize on the, on the, the nice clean linear narrative that we can only have access to perhaps right after the match, as opposed to the next day. And then a day, be, a day beyond that. Now all of a sudden we're, we're now kind of making up stories instead of reliving them. That, uh, correct. Fair? It's uh, the classic example I would use to a person is uh, what'd you have for dinner last night? Yeah. Why? Well, I, I forget. 
right? Um, but if you wrote it down or took a little bit extra time to reflect on that experience, there is a slightly higher probability of you having better recall of that experience. Right. Karen Veer, um, I, I've heard it said that we can alter our future through reflection. There is a, a capacity for changing the way things will be by paying more attention to the way things have been. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Very optimistic yeah, perspective. I, yeah. I, well, for me, re reflection is almost um, an, an orientation process. So to, to use uh, uh, our terminology here, I would say I like to think of reflection as a way to orient our warehouse toward the lighthouse. Right. Right. So um, in terms of just making sure that, you know, we just talked about the good, the bad and the ugly, making sure that the, the, the warehouse is organized in a way where we're driving towards the lighthouse um, and, and we are on the path that we're supposed to be on. Uh, or that we have kind of set for ourselves. Um, I, I believe, again, uh, the importance of, of matching our, our attention to our intention. You know, I, I think for me, reflection is the, the cornerstone of this and uh, ultimately determines kind of the path that we're on and where, where we hope to be in the future. Some sense, I guess, that the content of a reflection then is, is a, an audit of the decisions we've made. And then, and in your case, an audit to then ask, you know, is that oriented towards the direction that we wanted to go to um, as well? And just to speak, I guess, just quickly to it, Karen, the idea of the warehouse, uh, which I guess Haley was referring to as well, not with that language, but the idea of storing memories. Uh, we've got a warehouse of memories that we're going to pull from for future decision making. And, and our job in reflection is to organize the warehouse so that it's not just heap of memories, but rather is one that has been ordered and organized so that we can better predict or perform uh, in future occurrences. Um, that's really cool, Karen. Thanks for that. The orientation idea is a neat one. Um, Haley, back to you just for uh, to close up the idea of like reflection as a skill here. And then I have a, an interesting question I'd like to ask of you guys all independently afterwards. Um, but what would you say, Haley, you, you've been practicing this for a while, you know, as, as a performance coach, as a mindset coach, um, even in therapy now, um, what are some of the best systems for turning reflection into action, uh, turning intelligence into strategy? So a lot of the times what I tell my athletes and myself as well is don't leave the past in the past. Um, so once we do self-reflect, um, whether that's writing in a journal or making sticky notes or doing audio recordings of yourself um, or doing a video, we always want to make sure that we're frequently returning to those self-reflections. It's not, um, you know, quote unquote, a one and done situation where, okay, I reflected today. Let me put that, let me put that away and never view it again. Um, you know, this is how we're going to see how our thoughts, behaviors, and emotions are changing over time. Um, whether it's making progress or maybe we notice a plateau in our development and those things are okay. Or even if we notice a decline as well, but we can't leave those reflections unaudited essentially. And what I always prompt, um, what I prompt some athletes to do to either spice up those self-reflections um, is to have those prompts of, you know, what did I learn from this situation? Uh, what can I improve? How did I see this going differently in future situations? So not only looking back on your, on your past reflections, but figuring out, okay, so if I tweak this a little bit differently in my behavior or my thought process, 
how how can that really propel me forward or how can that give me a different outcome? I was there, there was a theorist that was on talking about putting actually just recently and had this interesting similar perspective on the neuroscience um, involved in athletics, which was this idea that uh, our ability to replay the tape immediately after a stroke, let's say, and what have you, and to replay it in a, in a sense that we learn from to say, okay, here's what went wrong. And now that's what truly is the definition of a skill. Our inability, the ignorance to the replay is, is, is takes it away from the act of skill. Now it's just magic. Now you're just hoping. But if you can be strategic about a strategy is born in that sort of replaying of what just happened so that I can learn better for the future and so on. And that process is ongoing athletically, in many cases, instinctive, probably. But as a coach, you've learned, I'm sure, that sometimes people need prompting um, to remind, them. especially I would imagine in your scenario here. And I'm, I'm just picking this arbitrarily because of Beijing coming up here. But a figure skater who attempts the triple lutz that have been training for four years and falls flat on their butt. You're saying we don't push that away. We dive right into that. And, and we reflect hard on that, as well as the triple lutz that was landed later in the performance. And both of them are equally valuable for learning and for progressing towards the future. Mm -hmm. um, guys, Haley last time made an introduction of three core concepts of mental game theory. I'm going to put you guys on the spot here. Uh, just as a reminder, if you were going to attend a sports psychology course over a semester, they would divide it into three segments. They would say that sports psychology helps the athlete with motivation, with confidence and with focus. Those would be our three cornerstones um, that are in the, in the sports psychology department. So my question to you will be, and I'll go in order here randomly. I'd like you to pick one of those, motivation, confidence, or focus, and tell us how reflection is inextricably tied to it. When we, when we have this ability to, or a skill of reflection in looking back and um, kind of sorting out and managing past experiences um, over time, the the power and the confidence that comes from that process and that work is um, intangible. It's you. I've literally seen it with kids, uh, elite athletes, and adults um, when they've you know filled out their book and they look back on you know call it the off season of training that they've done and the reflections and energy that they've put into their, um, their journey, there's like an automatic sense of confidence that just comes about in that, in that, uh, moment. And it's, um, it's really cool to kind of see that play out, but you know, this is one of the, the challenging parts is we don't get to really experience that necessarily in one reflection. Um, but the, the accumulation of many, it's um, very, very powerful for confidence. Karen, motivation or focus? Take focus. Um, I think the environment, which is always dynamic and, and evolving, um, requires us to have a very high level of focus. And to me, that's where reflection comes in um, as, as a way to um, ultimately allow the environment to, to teach us, so to, so to speak, uh, allow us to be more attuned to the problem that we're solving um, and, and the cues that we're, we're able to perceive. Um, so, so to me, that's why reflection is, uh, is very important. Do you mean an intent? Sorry, Cameron, I'm just making teasing it through here, but do you mean in the sense of like self-awareness as reflection, like catching yourself in the moment um, and asking yourself as to whether you're present or not, 
or, or do you mean it more as just as the nature of reflection is such that you'll be more prepared to be focused in the future? Yeah, I was, I, I was kind of more leaning towards the preparation side of yeah. it yeah. Uh, as, as reflection. As you mentioned of, earlier. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, really cool. Okay. Uh, Haley, over to you um, with the tie of motivation to reflection. So what first comes to mind is how much they influence each other. Um, so when thinking about reflection and the power of reflection, I never think about it decreasing one's motivation. It always, I would argue, would always enhance someone's motivation. Um, it's, it's our, it's our diary of those thoughts and behaviors, right? Um, of things that we achieved, things that we haven't achieved. Um, but the things that we haven't achieved will only help to increase our motivation to figure out, okay, why didn't I get there? Uh, what was I doing that I could be doing better? Um, you know, was it something that I did during the day or during the performance or maybe after? What am I missing? Let me fill in those gaps. Um, but also on the flip side, where if you can go back through this self-reflection, whether it is a journal or a video or audio reflections, um, just figuring out, you know, what I did absolutely correct and what were those aha moments and have that self-reflection be your own personal cheerleader. Um, so either way, I would argue that they, they both enhance each other. I would love to, uh, to spin around here, the guys in conclusion then with a little bit more of a pragmatic tool around reflection for, for the audience. So I'm listening and I'm going, wow, I, I don't know that I reflect quite at the level I need to now that I can recognize it as such an integral part of the mental game, let's say, um, it's going to help my motivation. It's going to help my confidence and it's going to help my focus. So I'd like each of you in turn to give me one act that one can do to improve reflection. Something that me, the uninitiated, could do immediately to start improving my reflection. It's either a habit that you'd encourage me to adopt or a, a tool that you'd encourage me to, to, to start using. Um, and I'll start uh, in reverse order here with Haley. Yeah, um, one thing that I personally really struggled with was just setting time in my day to do it. I knew how important it was. I knew the benefits. Um, and this is when I was first starting out. Um, so what I actually did was I set a lot of alarms on my phone. So if I knew I kind of roughly go to bed around this time, then I would set an alarm 30 minutes prior as a reminder, hey, by the way, do your journaling. Do even five minutes of journaling and then slowly start to increase those increments of time. But setting those time reminders for someone like myself who needs to have a very structured day and need to be very organized and have things penciled in, I found that to be um, a huge asset. Amber, what about you? Yeah, for me, it's it's uh, a, a guided reflection, usually right after performance. Most of the uh, athletes that I work with have a time post post game where they're going to be either traveling or it's just kind of a downtime usually, and that's where you know some some simple prompts and it can be as basic as just reflecting on your state during performance or, you know, some other uh, guided questions and then allowing it to, to free flow from there. And the not, guided, not, sorry, Cameron, the guided, you mean the guided would mean that you're either filling out a form or you're answering questions effectively. Yeah. Questions, questions leading into uh, a more space for like a free flow brain dump type of uh, situation. Yeah. Carter. Certainly, I would say those two are, are the trump cards, um, particularly Haley's with uh, making the time. 
Yeah. That's that's always the the key trick here. Um, having prompts is a great way, something to guide you, to kind of direct you a little bit more so we're not so lost in doing so. Um, but I think with both of those being said, you know, another kind of tool or strategy for one that's maybe not carrying around prompts or whatever is just to make it part of the training or the experience and finish it up with visualization of that experience. Go back, play it from A to B or B to A, um, afterwards, whatever that experience was, and just be deliberate for a minute to three minutes in just playing through that in your mind's eye again um, as a start. And if you, you can do the other two things, uh, you're rocking and rolling. Replay the tape. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, that certainly has uh, spoken in very high terms of the, the, the skill of reflection, one that uh, all coaches concur is a necessary part of the progress and evolution of an athlete is uh, just to put one of you on the spot and anyone can handle this one. Is it fair to say that the role of the coach is to cultivate reflection? Yes. Anyone else? We need to encourage and guide. What is a coach camera view if not a reflection? No, I, I agree. Uh, I think the, the, the role of the coach is to, is to craft uh, the environment, uh, and, and prepare, prepare the environment. So, um, naturally re reflection is, is a stem off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Or even a centerpiece in the way you were describing it as well. Um, anyway, as, as always a very fertile discussion, a wonderful lead in uh, to the upcoming lecture. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, I'll, I really look forward to uh, chatting again with our wonderful symposium, uh, until the next time.